Welcome to Confessions of an Obese Child. This is a podcast that deals with early childhood trauma, disordered eating, binge eating, and more. We discuss self-loathing, triggering to binge eating, and then many post-weight loss topics like survivor's guilt, the body positive movement, and more. And we interview formerly overweight children as well. So please join us for another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Good morning, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome to an episode concurrent of The Awakened Man and Confessions of an Obese Child. Today is an anniversary edition of Confessions of an Obese Child because I've reached a personal milestone that honestly I didn't think I'd ever uh, achieve back in the year of our Lord, 1990, many of which you were not even born at that time. But uh, if you are not familiar with my backstory, I was a morbidly overweight child and adolescent. I chronicle different episodes or vignettes of my life in the first 20 episodes of Confessions of an Obese Child podcast. If you guys are adherents to the uh, Awakened Man, then please go check out that podcast. It's the original one. And I talk about how, why I gained weight as a young child, what inner familial dynamics led me to turn to food. I tell some funny and not so funny stories about what happened to me in gym class, like they'd steal my my shorts to see how many kids could fit into my into my my shorts, and I had to get custom made shorts, and I had to wear a bra, and I'd go in the pool, and kids would take off my bathing suit and throw it in the dumpster, so I'd be naked, you know, all these bad things, but also like funny things. I was a competitive eater. I would challenge kids, and adults, honestly, uh, <laughs> all you can eat pizza buffets to pizza eating contest. So those first 20 stories are pretty funny. Then I talk about what precipitated my weight loss when I was about 17 years old. At that point, I think at my apex, I was probably size 54 inch waist. And I have an episode on what it was like to go to the big and fat store, which was not a fun thing to do. And then the next 20 episodes, it's more like dealing with the the vestige of it. So I, I worked hard and I lost over 100 pounds. And the reason I commemorate May 4th as my anniversary is because that was the day at the end of my junior year in high school where I went to a Catholic school. And so at the end, you received, it's called the Junior Cross and Ring Ceremony. So it's like essentially you become a senior. You receive a cross and a ring, your senior ring. And so I use that kind of commemorate it because it was around this, the time I hit the triple digit of weight loss. And so I kind of commemorate that as my anniversary. So it's like my second birthday, a renaissance, so to speak, a true rebirth. And so after that, in college, I, I talk about in those episodes and, and in my young adulthood, and, and I talk about my what it was like to, with, with my ex-wife and, and so forth, like in my 20s, how you know you don't blink and one day you have normal eating and normal view of your family and normal view of yourself. You're not you don't wake up one day and think, oh, everything's normal. You still have all the 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 early childhood trauma that made you overweight in the first place. Now with some of you it could be alcohol. You started to turn to alcohol when you're a teenager or you know you were touched or abused or whatever it was. So with me, it was like I was a normal sized kid, but still felt like a fat kid inside. And so it really affected a lot of my college decisions. Like, for example, I wanted to be a doctor. My father was a doctor. I was the brightest of the three boys. I was expected to be a doctor. And then I changed my major because I was scared. I just didn't think I fit in with the cool pre-med kids, even though intellectually I did. But again, in my head, I was still 
the fat kid. I, I went through years of panic attacks in college when I would enter a room, a big room, or a room where I didn't know people, or I just enter a classroom, I'd start sweating because I thought everyone was looking at me. I still had all these like uh, vestigial crutches. And same for food. I was I turned into a well, first in college. If you go to there's an episode called College Dysfunction. Uh, so at the beginning, what I would do is I would weigh myself every Friday. And I would run five miles a day, but I would weigh myself every Friday. And so in college, most of those years in college, I would binge eat in uh, on the weekend, just just shove it in, right? But then during the week, I would pretty much starve. And back in the 90s, it was like the Weight Watchers one gram of fat entree dish, frozen dishes, because back then we thought fat made you fat, which we know it's carbs that make you fat now. But I would starve from essentially Sunday night to Friday afternoon and then binge over the weekend which worked well also in terms of going out and hanging out with friends because I would eat normal on the weekends. But I definitely had disordered eating. Then when I when I met my ex-wife and moved in with her, then I tried to hide it from her. So that's when it turned into car binging, secret binging in, in grad school. So I talk about my experiences in Alaska doing that. But either way, I kept it off. You know, I, I was blessed not to have had a major injury the last 30 years. I think that's helped because I was certainly calorie in, calorie out, meaning I would eat a lot of food but then burn it by by exercise and, and walks and stuff like that. I never was bulimic in that I never vomited up food. I do remember a time in 1998, though, where I ate so many Big Macs uh, that I vomited. <laughs> I literally, I think that was the last time I vomited. It was back in 1998. But, uh, so I, I did have some peaks. I You know, I have an episode, a couple episodes back, I've gained weight during COVID, and I am losing it now. I think some of it's because the dry sun has finally reopened, and I think dry, doing the dry sun has helped. But I had a couple of peaks where I gained about 20 pounds in the last 30 years. One was when my father died in 2008. Another one was when I moved to Alaska in 1997. And probably in 2014 before I started fasting, I think I had a little bump. But as a whole, it is a magnificent accomplishment. And I don't mean this in an in a arrogant way. I mean this in the, just statistically and objectively, it is impressive. If you know the statistics... The large majority of people who lose weight gain it back. It's something like those who gain, those who lose 50 pounds, 90% of them gain it back within three years. So when you lose a lot of weight, it's very, very difficult to keep it off. Because you really have to have a paradigmatic shift. Over at Naturopathic Earth, I have a 10-part episode how I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 years. I wrote back in 2020, 2019. And you really have to have a paradigm shift because, see, most people do have the, uh, I guess, the wherewithal and the restraint to crash diet. Women do this too, where they can lose a certain amount of weight. But to keep it off, you have to change your paradigm. So you have to fundamentally change your life. You have to work out every day. You have to develop healthy eating habits. You have to sleep well. You have to not eat your emotions. There's a lot of things you have to do. And that's why long-term weight loss can be difficult. Certainly, it's not impossible. But 30 years, I mean, that is a long time. I remember the workout machines back in 1990. I used to do the Stairmaster. I talk about this in one of those episodes. The Stairmasters were just so horrible. They were so basic. And they had these rubber handles on the side and the, the little pedals. And uh, it's just, just the, the workout machine, the technology is just incredible now.
It's absolutely incredible. So what have I learned in 30 years? Well, look, I have to thank God because, you know, most of this time I was certainly blue pill. And had I not lost my weight, I'd be dead. I am very confident I'd be dead, either from suicide or accidental car accident or just morbidly overweight people die young. If I was 280 at 16, 17, I'd probably be 400 easily now. You know, you, when you get that big, and you've seen those documentaries and shows, you just don't stop eating. You can't stop eating. So I would have been one of those guys, and I think I just would have eaten myself to death. The thought of not being touched by a woman, the thought of not being loved, not having sex, not kissing a woman was tough. And maybe that was one of the prime factors as to why I lost my weight. But because I lost my weight, of course, it elevated my sexual market value. And I was able to have children. I was able to have sex with various women. And I was able to have, I guess you would say, a normal, a modicum of a normal life. And so now at 47, uh, you know, it's not as big of a deal that I gain weight. Because kind of like with being a MGTOW monk, I already have kids. So like, why do I need to date? Why do I need to get married? I already have offspring. So now it's like, I'm not going to be in perfect shape until I'm 65. I mean, theoretically, I could. Am I going to have an anniversary five or 10 years from now on the weight loss? I don't know. Probably not. But I think 30 years is pretty, pretty impressive. So if I gain 30 pounds back and I get love handles and all that, it's fine. I mean, I'm going to try to stay in shape. And I it's just wired in me to work out every day and do steam room sauna and, and, and strength training. But with father time, and I'll do my best to biohack, like fasting. With father time, I'll probably gain weight, but it's okay. You know, I had my window of, of, you know, banging women and living that life. And that window honestly can end. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be optimizing other aspects of my life, like purging childhood trauma, which I definitely had, and, and working on your finances and all these things. But when it comes to my health, I'm a realist. I'm not going to be a six-year-old with a six-pack ab. That's just not going to happen, and I'm okay with it. I had a good, I had a good run. And the other thing is, look, I abused my body for decades. So whenever I get cancer, because high sugar diet, for example, alcohol smoking, these are class one carcinogens. Whenever I get cancer or have a heart attack or stroke, I only have myself to blame. I'm not going to be one of these people. You see these these inveterate alcoholics who get cancer or cirrhosis and they're mad at God. Why would you be mad at God? You were the one who's drinking the whole time. So if I get cancer or sick, I'll be like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, bl I blame myself. Who else am I going to blame? I have to blame myself for all the crap eating that I've done since I was like five years old. So this is thing, you've always got to be accountable for your actions, gentlemen. Always. You're responsible for whatever you put in your mouth. Drugs, whatever it is, food, alcohol, now, you could say that, oh, these certain predispositions made me drink and made me do that. But ultimately, it's your accountability, your responsibility, and no one else cares about your health. Go to therapy then. then you, can't, you can't feign invincible ignorance on this. You know whatever issue you have. Now, do something about it for your sake or for the sake of your children. That being said, 30 years, 30 years of weight loss is impressive. And this is a day that I'll commemorate by eating an entire white cake. No, I'm just kidding. This is a day that I will commemorate, and uh, it's a day that I'm proud of. And um, 
for those of you who need to lose weight, understand that there are people who've done it and I can I can kind of be like a role model to you and that people can do it, especially nowadays with, with bariatric surgery and fasting, it's so much easier. Now, I didn't do surgery, but it's, it's definitely an accomplishment that you can do, guys. You can do it. Do not think you can't do it. There are people who've done it. You can do it. You just have to focus and change your paradigm. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review right now for Confessions of an Obese Child. Check out the back catalog over there. And also at The Awakened Man. Helps the algorithm by posting an honest review if you have an Apple product especially. And type some stuff in there if you if you like your content. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal if you want to donate some money. The other one's for Naturopathic Earth, the website. So go check out that. Click on that. Check out all the articles. I have tons of recipes that are healthy that are tasty. Those have articles about being an optimized man, an awakened man, a perfected man. I have tons of stuff on holistic health. Check it out. And then my two books, which I've written, Confessions of an Obese Child and Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. The second book I wrote two years ago, it's essentially how I lost and kept it off because weight maintenance is harder than weight loss. So that second book, which you can get on paperback or Kindle, is about how I essentially did it, what things I've done the last 30 years to keep it off and what things that you need to do. But if you click on the book picture on Naturopathic Earth, it takes you to Amazon where you can buy the book. But anything you buy from there, if you don't want to buy the book, you, we get a 2% commission no expense to you. So it just helps to go through our links. Anytime you want to buy something on Amazon, go through our links. We get a 2% commission. It just helps us out. If you want to talk about weight loss, weight maintenance, red pill stuff, contact me at clarity.fm. And lastly, please subscribe and post an honest review for all three of the channels, Female Holistic Health Apothecary, Confessions of an Obese Child, and The Awakened Man. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. If you'd like to reach us, find us at our Facebook page, Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News. Until next time, take care.